Welcome to the Mom Dynasty, a podcast creating unstoppable mamas. And I'm your host, Britt Samuels. Now that you're here, let's get into the show. of the mom dynasty today i am joined by a very special guest her name is miss cheryl dodge she is the president of time for learning if you guys aren't familiar with it it is a curriculum for homeschoolers that has everything you need i use it with my son you guys know i've been on the homeschooling journey for about a year now so time for learning has saved my life and i am excited to have her on the show to talk more about modern homeschooling the benefits of it the differences and how you can join time for learning and what it is about so cheryl welcome to the show let the moms know a little bit of your background and how you got into this virtual homeschooling lane uh career that you're in well, I'm, a, I'm a mom first i have a, a child who is almost 20 years old i guess i still call him a child and a kid but he is he is an adult he's almost 20 years old uh, but i was also a teacher by trade so i, I got into teaching uh, and I really thought that was going to be my whole entire career. And then a portion of the way into my teaching, I realized I really love creating curriculum. I love developing the lessons and getting the uh, learning day set up for the kids. And so I wiggled my way into ed tech. And I, I've spent the last, uh, gosh, dare I say, 23, 25 years in ed tech in all different kinds of roles. And, you know, from writing curriculum to being a product manager to um, working on the technology side and then a business development. So I've landed myself here at Time for Learning. I'm the president of the organization. Recently took over from the founder who had built the organization up from scratch and wow, decided to retire. And so he's off enjoying retirement and uh, I'm moving on with the organization. So I've been quite the journey, but have been in education my entire career. Isn't that amazing to just live in retirement? <laughs> That's the goal for all of us. <laughs> all the goals we, we use the to go before us on how to do it. Absolutely. So what is modern homeschooling? We were talking before we got started about the misconceptions. I know for me, I had a lot of misconceptions with homeschooling. Um, the biggest thing being what do I teach my child? <laughs> like, how how do I make sure I'm on track and helping them? And I know in Georgia, they don't have any restrictions, really, per se, for homeschooling. It's like, hey, fill out your declaration of intent, and then you're on your own after that. So how, what is modern homeschooling? How is it different from the traditional way? And how has time for learning kind of made modern homeschooling a little easier for parents? Yeah. So I would characterize modern homeschooling as basically homeschooling where families want something different for their kids. They want something different than what they've been getting in the brick and mortar, or maybe they're not even wanting to put their kids in brick and mortar. So mm -hmm. it's, it's homeschooling for families who have two parents who are working full time or single parent families or families with children with special needs or uh, families with children who are exceptional in some way. Maybe they're an elite athlete or they're a gifted um, in the arts. And so it's really different now because it's for all families. And I think that really changed during COVID. Families realized because, and they were forced to do it, of course, but they realized, gosh, I can do this, or wow, this is really amazing for our family. 
I'm always surprised, like pleasantly surprised by the stories I hear from families and how they've interpreted homeschooling for them. So I have one gentleman who is an executive in an ed tech company. He and his wife have uh, five children and uh, two of the kids are in brick and mortar and three are being homeschooled. And between their two jobs, they just alternate their, their work day and the times of which they work with their kids and they make it work. And then there's families, I've got, we've got lots of single moms um, we've got, you know, grandparents who are homeschooling their kids. So it's really about creating flexibility for parents and giving them the option to imagine a learning experience very different than what they have probably um, that really matches their family values and the passions and interests of their kids. Absolutely. Uh, it has, when I came across Time for Learning, I was like on the search because there's so many curriculums out there. It's like, you can do traditional, you can do faith-based, you can do um what the, what's the other the mason or something like that that you can teach like a methodology yes and i was like oh my gosh i don't have a teaching background so i was so stuck on what to do and when i came across time for learning it was like everything's planned out yeah. from kindergarten to high school and i was like yes because it also gives transcripts when he gets to high school level and i'm like perfect it has it's really changed my life um when when um we got started so what you came from traditional school what benefits would you think homeschooling has versus traditional brick and mortar schools so i think one of the biggest benefits is flexibility families mm -hmm. can just how they want to homeschool, when they want to homeschool, where and with whom. You know, in a traditional classroom, your kid gets dropped off. They've got a group of kids there surrounded by during the day, of which parents don't have choice, right? If the kids are the kids who are going to be there um, and the adults are being surrounded by are also just, you know, chosen for them. And for many families, that's a great experience. But for a lot of families who choose homeschooling, they really like the flexibility. They get to decide what curriculum they're offering, you know, where they want to do the instruction with their kids when they want to do it and with whom they're homeschooling with. And so it just really gives parents a, a sense of control over their family, um, you know, what, what is important to them and what they want their kids to be exposed to and enriched with and how they support the differences in their kids. So uh, I think for families who are considering it, the biggest thing to think about is that homeschooling is so flexible and it, it can be so aligned to what's important in your family. So the interesting thing that we see nowadays and maybe kind of another touch on that modern homeschooler is that, you know, maybe years ago it was thought of as maybe sort of fringe families or families that had a very specific worldview and that maybe they were um, families that didn't really integrate into society, the larger society well. And now what we're really finding is that not only is that not the case, these the families all have the same fundamental reason for wanting to do it, which is, you know, they want to have a great experience for their kids. They want their kids to be safe mm -hmm. and they want to be able to express whatever their family values are through their kids' education. And so whether you're a faith-based family or a secular, if you're a progressive family, it doesn't matter. They actually all align on the same principles. And I think that's really cool. Yes, it really, really is. Now, um, have a teaching background. So for parents that don't have a teaching background, I want to know, I want to pick your brain a little bit on how to determine your kid's learning style. That was for me, um, I grew, grew up, I can look at a book, you know, watch a, a tutorial and I'm fine learning that, but my son is very, very hands-on. So it was very, it was a different transition for me, even learning that that's a learning style. So what tip coming from that 
for parents who don't have that expert experience, learning your kid's learning style, and then how does time for learning um, help with kids of all different types of learning styles? The first thing I would say is parents who are already teachers. In fact, you are your child's first teacher. You're the one That's a good point. Right? You teach them how to talk. You teach them how to get dressed and use you know utensils and feed themselves and how to greet other people. So you're already doing that. The other cool thing is that all the research shows that parents have the most uh, positive benefit, the, the potential for the most positive benefit on for the outcomes of their kids. So if you kind of put yourself in that mindset and say, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm already a teacher to my child. Then it's really about reframing what teaching looks like. So a lot of families come in with a misconception like, oh, I'm supposed to mirror exactly what they're doing in brick and mortar. They try to set up like a learning environment that's like, okay, here's your desk and your that's learning day. Right? <laughs> like everyone does that. Like, oh, here's your recess at 10 a.m. and here's your snack time. And and then it, and it doesn't work. And they are like, why is this not working? And it's because you really got to get into the rhythm of what your family is, how your family works and who your children are. And so what I always recommend is if you decide to homeschool, spend the first two weeks playing with your kid or with your children. You don't worry about the academics. You do not need to mirror what their structure was there. Just get to know them on a personal level and through a learning lens, not through the, oh, it's chores and dinner time and we got to hurry up to go to, you know, soccer practice. Mm -hmm. But who is your child? What kind of books do they like to read? Do they like to cozy up on the couch? Do they like, like to lay on the floor to read? Do they want to sit next to you? You know, what is their optimal time of the day where they have focus? I talked to a mom recently where her son's optimal time of the day for focus is between 6 and 8 p.m. That's when they do their academics. He's really wiggly during the day. He's got to move his body. So they do other things during the day. Uh, and then the other piece of that is really looking at where their strengths and areas of uh, challenge are and understanding what those are. So, and you can do, just do that by playing games and some, you know, basic activities. So if you were to get time for learning, you could start with a couple of the lessons and a few of the subjects and just kind of get a feel for where their strengths are. If they came from brick and mortar, you may know by, you know, conversations from teachers or from their report card, um, you might already know, but like give yourself a break. That's the first thing I would say, get to know your kids through that different lens and do not expect to be their like classroom teacher that they have in their brick and mortar. Instead, think about having a different relationship with your kid. And if you have more than one kid, I think you have multiple kids, right, Britt? You've got I'm expecting my second one. <laughs> Congratulations. So your Thank second you. kid is really different from your first kid. Like you yes. are totally different. So the kid who does really well at the computer from like 8 to 10 a.m. in the morning. Your next kid may be more of an afternoon learner. And so you have to think about how can you flex your day around their different needs. And like you said, the hands-on thing, there's also developmental stages that, you know, if you read a few books on child development, you'll quickly, and the, you know, simple ones, we're not talking like, you know, academic <laughs> college books, like no one needs those, but you know, most small children are very hands-on and they're like that probably up until fourth grade or fifth grade. And then they're able to like abstract and do things that are more like without the manipulatives and things like that. So just remember that your kids, when they're younger, they do need hands-on. As they get older, they're going to be able to do things on pen, you know, pencil and paper more on the computer more, um, but just give a space for that. And, you know, trial and error, honestly, try things and see what works. If it doesn't work, go on and try something else. That's really great advice because I did go in and sometimes I do struggle with trying to mimic traditional school. Like, okay, we're going to be here from 10 to 2, we're focusing on this. 
<laughs> then we have our lunch break at 12. And I do find that some days it works and some days it doesn't. Some days we have to do a lot of learning that's almost reinforcing. That's what I also do love about time for learning. You get the opportunity to reinforce what they've seen on, on the online lessons. And we have to turn it into games or turning into something exciting. Is my son is a gamer. He's he gets to play it on the weekend. He's playing it right now. He anything that turns into a game, I've noticed that keeps his attention and helps with his retention on retaining the information. So now I'm having to adjust to say, okay, how can I turn this into a game? How can I make it feel like he has to win something or it's a something he's playing against? So for example, we did math and I set the timer for like three minutes and I'm like, let's see how many math problems you can get right in three minutes. And he was game on mom, let's go. And I'm like, wow. Other times I'm like, okay, here's your worksheet. You have to do these math problems. And he's fidgeting. He's like spinning around. He's like, oh, what time is it? Is it time to eat yet? I need some snacks. But once I put that timer on, he was focused and he was going. Same thing with like reading. I tried to get him to read a book, maybe like 15 minutes to start our day. And it would take him an hour. Like he will drag it on until like the end of the world if I would let him. And I'm like, Kato, we have to focus. But when I put a timer on for like 15 minutes and I'm like, okay, you have a timer, 15 minutes. Let's see if you could get through the book and beat the timer. He read every sentence perfect. He flipped through every page perfectly and was engaged and then told me about the story afterwards because he remembered and he had like five minutes to spare on the clock. And he was like, yes, I did it. So for you to say like trial and error, it's been that since we started of figuring out what works, what does it. And now I'm like, okay, let me see how I can add more things into being a game of some sort. <laughs> I think that's so cool. And I think that that's why, you know, I think time for learning works for a lot of families because you can repeat as much as you want. You can do it over. Uh, yeah. You can play things. You can stop and start again. You can skip things too. It's so like a lot of parents don't realize they think I have to do every single lesson because if it's all there, I must, you know, I must have to do all of them. And that's just not true. I mean, as a parent, you get to decide as the teacher of record, you could do like you do with your son where you're, you know, setting a time limit for we're going to do just this time together. And then we're going to go do something else or you go reinforce it with an offline activity. And so I think that's the beauty of having this online program is parents get to decide, you know, what courses they're going to give their kid, how they're going to use the courses. I mean, we have some families who use them like, you know, they go through every lesson, they do everything and that works for their kids and their kids are doing great. And then we have some families who use it for like two or three of the courses, like maybe they'll use it for math and science and uh, their uh, English language arts and then social studies still do offline and that's okay too. I mean, you, you're as the parent, you're the one responsible for keeping their grades and tracking all of that. So you get to use the tool however you want. And we really encourage parents to think about like what's best for your kid. And of course, following your state guidelines because every state's different. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's the beauty of homeschooling is you get to decide what works for your kids. Yes, absolutely. That was the perfect segue into my next question. What makes time for learning different than other online homeschooling curriculums? There, there are a few that are out there, but what would you say makes time for learning unique? So there's, there's certainly a lot of cur curriculum out there. So obviously we're not that we're an online curriculum. So I think a few of the benefits, number one is we are anytime, anywhere, as long as you have an internet, a decent internet connection, 
you can do it wherever you go. And so that's great. Like if you're going to grandma's house or if you're going on a weekend getaway and you're traveling somewhere, you know, if you're in the car, you can do a hotspot onto a cell phone. Mm-hmm. If you're in a hotel room, you can connect to the Wi-Fi. So that anytime, anywhere is just great for families because it basically creates like limitless learning. They can go anytime they want to and do it anywhere they want. Um, the second thing is that we offer structured curriculum. And what that means is like, okay, parents come in and they think, oh my gosh, how could I possibly teach chemistry? Like if you're, you know, kids in high school, there's no way I could do this. Um, I don't even know. I don't even remember algebra. I know I took it. So we say, no fear. Don't worry about it because the instructions built into the program. And I know, sure, you guys figured that out really fast. Like, okay, mom or dad can help like guide and pace. But the instruction itself is included in the program. So there is no worries at all for parents who have that, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's just going to be too challenging for me. Um, and then I think the other piece of it that's really different for us is that we do allow families to choose whatever kind of grade levels they want. So for example, if you are have a kid who's in elementary and let's say they're a third grader and they're on grade level for math and they do that, that's great. But maybe they're not quite reading on grade level, you can go down to their grade two content and you can do the curriculum for grade two in your English language arts. So as your kid grows and starts to pick up the pace, then you can switch them up to third grade. You can even accelerate. Like we have families, we had a mom last year who came in a mid-year, her daughter was in second grade, pulled her out of brick and mortar, came to our program and put her in the first grade curriculum because she was struggling in her second grade classroom. She was not on grade level. She did the entire first grade curriculum in six months, wow. entire full year, and was on grade level, then came back this year as a second grader, and now she's zipping through second grade, and she's totally doing great. So again, it's, it's one of those things where I think our, what makes us really different is that flexibility with the choosing the courses and the anytime, anywhere learning. And then the last piece is we try to give parents as many tools as we can to make it easy for them. So we have an activity planner that allows the parent to schedule all of the lesson activities throughout the entire year. They can block off days for like holidays and whatnot. And so it'll automatically tell you based on what you've inputted as the parent, you know, how many lessons they should do per day to complete the course in a certain time period if you're choosing to do the whole course. So this pacing is really helpful for kids because a parent can say like, okay, you've got three lessons in math you have to complete this week or okay, you only need to do one. It depends on you know, what the family um, has structured for their learning. So just like so much power in the hands of the parents and flexibility based on where their kids are developmentally and what they're learning. And then obviously just the tools to make it super easy for parents to use. And it's very easy, moms. Listen to me. Take it from the (laughs) non-teacher. I went to traditional brick and mortar school. I transition to online school in my sophomore year in high school but it was still a public school but online so this is my first time actually having no teacher i'm the principal the superintendent and everything else in between and it has really helped me to tackle my biggest fears of what i thought homeschooling was um it helped give me guidance to be able to guide him through kindergarten and going into first grade. And like I said, I love that it goes all the way up to high school and keeps track of everything. And that was my thing when you talked about chemistry. 
I was like, how am I going to teach you? We're going to have to get a tutor because I have no, I, I don't remember any of this from high school, but um, being with time for learning, knowing that that's in there and that we have that help and assistance, it's really, really helpful. And if anyone's thinking about homeschooling, I always say go to time for learning because it's, they're going to have it all mapped out for you. We actually had a family just finish their last kid finished 12th grade last year. And they had come up through kindergarten, just like your son. They did all their grades with us uh, and were able to complete. And then we offer a, like a graduation ceremony at the end as well. Um, so this year we're doing it for kindergartners. We're doing it for fifth uh, graders going into sixth and then, you know, eighth going into ninth. And of course our high schoolers. But it's pretty cool to see the families that have spent their entire schooling experience with time for learning and the kids go off out into the world and college and career uh, and like what a gift it is to have families come back and just say thank you for that you know it allowed us to create an educational experience of our own design and now our kids are going out into the world and doing great yes it's real that's amazing to hear um another question for you i know people think with homeschooling that it's doesn't develop social skills with their children. So what is your advice to parents who believe that? And what are some tips um, for them to help develop social skills with children that are homeschooling? Great question. I actually would say that families who homeschool their kids, their kids oftentimes have exceptional social skills. And the reason for this is because their kids are very mature. They're mm -hmm. artistic they're poised speakers and it's because of what their family values and how their families socialize their kids so they what I suggest for families who are worried about this is when you come on to be a homeschooling family look for a homeschooling group near you either a local group that you can meet up with every week if you don't have one in your area find one online that you can do weekly activities with and oftentimes what these families do is that they um, will exchange who's going to be teaching a lesson. So like one week, one parent might do it next week, another. So they're alternating their teachers, if you will. And the kids are getting exposed to multi-age groups, which I think is really cool. Um, there, it's kind of like back in the day, the one room schoolhouse, where you have all kids of you yes. know different levels together. Um, and then those kids kind of grow up together and they become a cohort. So they become a very close-knit group where they family share the same values about you know, life and learning in the world. They get to see each other on a weekly basis. I know in my neighborhood, there is actually a couple of homeschool groups. Some of my neighbors homeschool their kids and their kids are just bright and articulate. And, and what makes them different perhaps is that they are very mature for their age. So one of the things to consider is like, how would you want your kid to be socialized? Who do you want them to be with? You know, a lot of times families leave brick and mortar or don't even go to brick and mortar because they're worried about that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sports teams, art teams, community service, you know, older kids can have jobs, homeschooling group. If you're uh, faith-based going to church and youth group with your um, kids, I mean, there's really so many options to make sure your kids are out in the world and doing things, you know, your neighborhood kids, that doesn't change for homeschooling families. It's really up to you as a parent to decide how much and, you know, what kind of socialization you want. Um, but if you go out and look, it's out, it's out there for you. And one of the really cool things that we offer is we have a Facebook families page. It has over 53,000 members. And these are families that just talk to each other. How do I do this? How do I do that? Hey, are any of you into gaming? My kid's into gaming. Do you want to create a gaming group? So they actually find friends um, through their parents, right? So their parents will create a connection for them. 
And then the families get together virtually if they're in the same area. Sometimes parents will say, hey, I'm in New Jersey. Any other parents in you know, this particular area? So there are lots of supports through Time for Learning and certainly the larger homeschooling community for families to find ways to get their kids connected to others. Well, I didn't know about the Facebook group. I need to join. <laughs> Facebook families, go on, Brett, and all the questions of the universe that you're curious about homeschooling, you want to talk to other parents about, you know, what your challenges are, like you said, with your son, like there's, you're like, gosh, how do I get him motivated? I've got a, you know, kindergarten or first grader. Here's what he likes to do. Other parents would be like, here's what I do. And you could get anywhere. I mean, I've seen sometimes responsive 70 to 80 parents responding with feedback and advice. It's a really great way to, to connect uh, families yes. together and help each other out. Well, I am going to go join as soon as we get off of this call. That is so exciting. What is there anything new that we can expect from Time for Learning this coming year or going into the next school year? Or anything that you can drop for us so that we know some. <laughs> so I know that you're taking over. So do you have any new visions, any new any new things you want or paths you want to take Time for Learning? We have a couple things that are happening. So we just released our fourth grade social studies curriculum, the, the last part of it. So we had done the first semester of it um, a few months ago and the second semester we just released. So if you have a fourth grader uh, and they're interested in doing that, they can. We've actually heard parents are so excited about the program because last year we, we released grade three. They're going back, like even they're saying, I want my fifth grader to do the third grade stuff because it's so much fun. Um, we have parents saying, like, I can't get my kid off the computer, actually, because they want to do all the lessons. It's so fun. Uh, the storyline for the fourth graders is like a road schooling family. So you learn about the different regions in the United States. And th there's a cute family that tours through three kids in it. Uh, and families will have to go check that out. So that's super fun. We'll be releasing fifth grade in the fall. So for our fifth graders, they'll have that for the next academic year. We're also starting a virtual school. So I share this because some families don't want to be responsible you know, for it, or they want that piece of paper at the end, the diploma. So we are starting a virtual school and we know that some families will have like their elementary kids in you know, homeschooling. And then when they get to the middle school and high school, they'll send them to the virtual school. So look for that, um, it's a little bit still on the quiet side, but it'll be out in the world uh, hopefully in this fall. And then families will be able to, if they want for their sixth through 12th graders, to be an accredited school, we will have that available to them as well. That is perfect. That is amazing. Oh, <laughs> you're still schooling, and then you get that extra added, you know, benefit of having the accredited piece. Which for some families, they want that. It's not necessarily yeah. required, but if you want that, it'll be an option for families. Yeah, so that's a big question when I decided to homeschool Cato that my family asked, especially like my grandparents and the, my older generations who are used to, you know, the traditional way of doing things. How is he going to go to college? How is he going to get a diploma? How is he going? Are you going to keep up with the credits and things like that? So that is perfect, Miss Cheryl. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and share. I hope. Any mom that's listening, this gave you some insight um, and a little bit of relief of what homeschooling is about and that it's not as bad or scary as you may think. Um, where can they go to sign up or enroll and learn more about Time for Learning? Yeah, just go to our website. It's timeforlearning.com and the four is the number. So time and then the number four learning.com. And on our main page, it'll show you where to go in terms of if you've got a you know, pre-K through eighth grader or a ninth through 12th grader and families get to choose. So if you have a, a middle school or high schooler, we've got electives, we've got foreign languages, 
if you have an elementary student, we have the core curriculum and we also have a math facts fun program, a game-based program for kiddos. So it's super easy. If you need help, you can call us. We have an amazing support team. I'm always so impressed with them. These are former homeschooling parents and or students. So we have some of our um, reps who are uh, homeschooled children and now they're adults. So they are absolutely experts and they will guide families and answer questions families have and help them make selections in terms of like, what do I do? How do I choose? So we are absolutely there for them. And if you go on our website, you can find out, you know, what our hours of operation are. We're kind of open a little bit longer than what we would call business hours to catch families who may be working um, and need those extra few minutes before the, you know, the end of the day to talk to us. That is so perfect. Thank you so much, Ms. Cheryl. I had a great conversation with you. Moms, go check out Time for Learning and you will not regret it. I hope that everyone has a wonderful day and we will talk again soon in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, mamas. I hope this episode has you feeling unstoppable and ready to start pursuing your purpose outside of motherhood. If something you heard today resonated with you or gave you some valuable insight, then please share it with me by leaving a comment or a review. As always, make sure to follow and share the show so we can keep spreading this good mama energy. Thank you again, and I will see you in the next episode.